0: Yeah, bro, Brent, right, I talked to Christine this week finally, she was yeah. really bragging on you. Oh yeah, she I said you call her every day. Yeah, I've been. She said to you couldn't it. find a better fellow oh, than thank you. I agree. Well, thank, <laughs> you. thank you, I just hope
1: he maybe do some good when once he gets out of there.
0: I told her whatever I could do. I know you. <laughs> Very <happy. laughs> yeah,
2: That save it, save it. I turned the heat on just a minute, just to, not to. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Good
1: morning.
0: Good morning. morning. Hey, Jimmy. I'm doing much better than I deserve. How about you? I told Daniel that the wheels are still turning down in Laurel County. Yeah, still rolling, still mean as ever. And I'm still there. Contributing to the meanness. Well, I believe it's time for us to begin our Bible study This morning, and as always, let me say that I'm delighted to be with you. I'm always humbled to have this opportunity, and I thank you for your kindness, for your support, and for your presence, as always, this morning. If you have your Bible, would you open with me, please, to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28. And go down to verse 18, please. Know these Scriptures by heart. Matthew chapter 28 and verse 18. <coughs> We've been studying about Mark 16, 16 for the past several Sunday mornings and I've had the privilege to be with you. We've been talking about, well, we said five. And I believe we've covered five that individuals look at. We may have actually covered more than five that we've heard individuals talk about or teach regarding (coughs) Mark chapter 16 and verse 16. We talked about those that believe that it says... uh, he that believeth and is not baptized shall be saved, and that's not what it says. But there are those that teach that. Um, we've we've talked about those that say he that does not believe and is baptized will be saved, and that's not what it says. But there are those that teach that. I, I, I've heard individuals talk about their family members that have been absent from the Lord's church for 30 years and that have completely disavowed their faith and in defense they will say, well, they were baptized. Well, he, he was baptized 35 years ago. Now, he hasn't believed or he hasn't lived or he doesn't care anything about the good Lord today, but 35 years ago, he was saved. But that's not what it teaches. Uh, we even talked about those that are universalist in their views that say that no matter if you believe it doesn't matter if you believe it doesn't matter if you're baptized it God's going to save everyone and Raymond and Shelby and I were talking about that a little bit before Bible study this morning. There are those that say don't don't worry about repenting don't worry about being baptized don't Don't really worry about going to church services. God's going to take care of you. He's not going to let anything happen to you without giving you the opportunity to make it right. But that's not what the Bible teaches. So we come to what it does say. What it does say is simply, as you read, it should be as non-controversial as can be. Mark 16, 16 says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believes not will be condemned. I remember uh, when I was growing up, a preacher coming down from Indiana or Ohio, one of the two from up north, and he said, I have a five-year-old grandson, and I read that verse to my five-year-old grandson, and I said, Son, there's two things that verse says you have to do to be saved. And my five year old said, he's in kindergarten. He said, Well, Papa, it says you have to believe and you have to be baptized. He said, So a five year old understands that easily. No controversy. But he said, I talk to a lot of 55-year-olds that have a real problem with what that says. So I always ask them, where's your faith? What's your faith in? So let's study. Let's think about for a few moments these other verses that talk about baptism. We're not going to look at every one. Uh, We established last week that there's agreement that if you take Mark 16.16 for what it says, and you go to Acts 2, or Ephesians 3, 1 Peter 3, or Galatians 3, or Colossians 2, all those chapters and books teach the exact same order. And I've preached to you many times about the order of God. Who am I to change the order of what God's Word says? If God said, believe, baptize, saved, and I'm teaching anything else that's out of that order, then I'm not teaching what God said. And that's arrogant on my part. Who am I? I'm not God, and all authority has not been given to me. The only authority that I have is to share with you what the standard says. And the standard is the Bible.
2: Brent, I've, 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 thought, I've said this a million times, and I'll say it probably a million more if I live. You're not disagreeing with the preacher say something. You're not disagreeing with the congregation or the members of the Lord's church. You're disagreeing with Jesus. And you're basically saying, Jesus, you don't know, either you don't know what you're talking about or you're confused. You know. Uh, <coughs> because that's who you're disagreeing with. And boy, I tell you, that's, you can disagree with me, that's fine. You can disagree with Brent. that's fine. You can disagree with the church. But when you disagree with Jesus, then you've, you've stepped into another realm. And that's uh, uh, I think we really need to Think about that. This is what the Bible says, you know. And I really think, too, this really bothers me anymore. The last 20, 30 years or something, there's such a prevalence of lying. I mean, lying. People know the news media lies. Uh, politicians lie. Lots of people we know lie. And, I mean, they, it, you can't say one side there both sides, you know. I mean, it, it, there's lots of people lying. And uh, I saw a Time magazine cover. 20 years ago said, lying, everybody does it. Jesus says that all liars are going to hell, okay? That's what Jesus says, okay? And we need to quit lying, okay? We need to quit lying to our fellow man. We need to quit lying to ourselves because you can, the worst lies you tell oftentimes are to yourself. Uh, you know, I can say, well, I'm not heavy, you know, but so that's a lie, Okay. Say I can jump just as high as I ever could, run just as fast as I can ever could. That's a lot. Okay? I can't do that. Okay, I can see. It. No, it's a lot. You, know. Every, you can just go right down the list, and and we 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 say Jesus told Peter what when you're converted, strengthen brethren. Strength. Many times people, even in the Lord's church, are not converted. They need to quit lying for themselves. They need to quit lying. to God certainly need to quit lying when Jesus tells us something. We know
0: for good. Don't you agree? I do, and I've been guilty of the same. I, we all are you know, right no right doubt. And I want to and I want to speak out. I want to make sure I say that aloud. If you're disagreeing with what the Bible says, you may think you're disagreeing with the preacher, but ultimately you're dis- you're disagreeing with the one that wrote it, right. which is the Holy Spirit which was given by God. So you're ultimately disagreeing with God and we don't want to do that. Daniel? you mentioned at the
1: beginning about the guy and his grandchild. And yeah, when same you point. read the Bible like that, you know, and then the kid with no experience and no outside knowledge gives you a definitive answer. The problem we run into is that the older you get, you know, somebody said fifty-five year old, but the older you get, the more experience, and the more outside knowledge you have. And when you read those words, when a five-year-old reads those words, they don't, they don't really matter because they are just reading words. But when people at an adult's age read those words, those words condemn people that mean a lot to them. Correct. Those words say that my family's wrong or my child's wrong or maybe perhaps I'm wrong. And that becomes really difficult for people to accept. Because there's, you know, God and Jesus, but they're not physically sitting at the dinner table with you like your mother or your wife or your child are. And so that's a battle that we fought. We've been talking, though, and uh, we've been doing First John on Wednesday nights. In First John, in the book of 1 John, there's numerous references that start by saying little children. And, and I think that that's, You know, sometimes we can look at that as maybe in a childish sense. You know, little children, but he's referencing Christians. And, you know, earlier we said that, you know, let the little children come to me or whatever. But we have to, it's really hard. I don't know that there's really anything much more difficult. But we have to read the Bible many times as, quote, unquote, little children. Because the five-year-old read it and it told him exactly what it said. Who cares what anybody else says? But we have so many other things that pull against us that it just makes it really difficult to often interpret it that way. And I don't mean to make, make excuses. I'm telling the truth, about, the how truth. People, uh, about how people read the Bible.
0: Thank you, Daniel. And you're exactly right. You do an excellent job. Thank you.
1: I think
2: it was Lewis Craig, one of the early settlers, came into Kentucky with the Traveling Church, and he went on to Lexington. And right where Rufferin is now, they had a big revival in the early 1800s. And uh, uh, of course, there was a church there, and there, he was leaving the Baptist Church. He pre- preached for the Baptist Church, he's leading the Baptist And that one man, older man, told him, You can't leave the Baptist Church. Your grandpa baptized George Washington, okay? And he said, you show me in the Bible where it says, I need to do what grandpa did, and I will follow. And that was a great answer, okay? And that's just what Daniel said. There's, there's instances that it does go against what the family was, uh, teaches and preaches. There's the instances where it goes against those values and those people that you know and you love. And that's not judging his grandpa. That's just saying, he said, I'm interested in doing what the Bible says. And that's exactly what, that's what, exactly what he did. And uh, that's what we all need to strive for. I want to do what the Bible says.
0: It comes back to where we're placing our faith. And I don't want to reduce at all uh, what's been said. I know how difficult it is when you come to a realization that what the Bible says isn't matching up with what you've always been taught. Or those around you that you love dearly, what they believe, have believed, and currently believe. So I don't want to diminish from that at all. We're not heartless in the Lord's church, but when it's all said and done, who will you believe? Everyone that I know says you must believe. No one disagrees on that. Well, what do you believe? Who are you listening to? And is your belief grounded? Is it grounded in tradition? Is it grounded in the opinion of man? Or is it grounded in the truth of Scripture? And we know it must be grounded in the truth of Scripture. Someone please that had turned to Matthew 28. Would you please read the last verse Three verses of Matthew chapter 28, the Great Commission, as we know it. Would would you please read? I turned away, but maybe verse 18 and following of Matthew 28. Thank you, Jimmy. Does this agree with Mark chapter 16 and verse 16? Is there anything here, because we didn't look at this last week, and this is probably the easiest example to compare to. Is there anything here that Jimmy just read aloud in our hearing that contradicts he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believes not will be condemned. Because these are parallel Scriptures. So, I don't see any disagreement, do you, between those two Scriptures. Let's dissect it. Who has all power according to verse 18 of Matthew 28? Jesus. Absolutely. Absolutely. King's English says all power. That can also be translated all authority. That's exactly right. Uh, where does He have all power and authority? Everywhere. Because Everywhere. it says heaven and earth. Don't you love the Bible? It, isn't it simple? I'm so thankful... That you can read your Bible and it is this easy to say who has what. Where is it at? It's elementary. Because of this, because of the authority that God has given His Son, we go and teach how many people? Who is worthy of being taught the truth of God's Word? Okay, right? Everyone. All living creatures. Does that disagree with Mark 16? Mark 16 verse 15 says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every living creature. This scripture says, Go therefore and teach all nations. So they agree. When you teach them, what should you do? What's the next word? What is the teaching? What, what do you infer? What must you infer? There's such a thing as necessary inference. So if I'm reading this Scripture and it says, let's just say I've never read my Bible and I opened up here, started reading right here. Uh, what must I teach them about in all nations? <laughs> you got to. Uh, can we necessarily infer that that was part of the teaching? Absolutely. So, am I a good Gospel preacher if I teach you this morning and don't teach you about baptism when I'm talking about the Gospel? I, I, I would not be a good Gospel preacher because the Bible plainly says, teach them and baptize them. Well, if they don't know about baptism... Then have I taught you? Because there's folks today, and we all know we're not talking bad about folks, but you know this very morning, there's going to be a lot of invitations given in many buildings, and baptism is not going to be mentioned one time. Not one time. As a matter of fact, there's going to be individuals that are going to be taught they're saved, and months or years later are going to read for themselves and then go to the preacher and say, what about this baptism? You never taught me about that. He's going to say, or even she in some congregations, because some congregations now have female preachers. That's a different Bible study. He's going to say, well, you can do that if you want to. Uh, We'll do that for you. Some may even say, well, we'll sprinkle you out of a dish. The word baptism itself, if you go back to the Greek, is baptizo and it means to dip or plunge or immerse. Have you ever dipped out a sprinkle? If you went to Cold Stone, in Lexington and paid what they charge for ice cream, which is about $6, and uh, they give you, uh, you say, I want to dip the ice cream and they give you a sprinkle. You would say... What are you doing? <laughs> Give my six dollars back. <laughs> we understand. Uh, we have example after example of coming up out of the water. It's impossible to come up out of the sprinkle. Okay? It's a burial. <laughs> it's the same word you used to describe a boat when
2: it sinks in the sea. Thank you, Ben. And Brenda, Philip in chapter 8 of Acts, he goes to me the and began... The same scripture which was yes. written on Isaiah chapter 53 and preach unto him Jesus. Nothing else is said. They continue on their way, and the Ethiopian eunuch sees water, see hears water, what He had to preach back Had to back. Have been you taught preach
0: Jesus and not preach baptism. I mean yes, you can, but you aren't preaching the real Jesus. So what shall be saying to us? Again. Agreement. Agreement, agreement, agreement. Only if we teach what it says. And Brent, too, uh, the Ethiopian Union, from
2: everything you can read, these two people are in a desert area. There's not another soul around, far as we can ascertain. And they stopped in the middle of nowhere to be baptized, okay? Why? Because baptism was that important. And they did not wait, well, let's wait three weeks till we get a crowd together and let you make your public declaration. Not that at all. He baptized him and the Spirit called away Philip and the Ethiopian went on his way rejoicing. He took the Gospel of Jesus Christ back to Ethiopia and his people. And
0: you know what he took? He took baptism. Sure. That very hour of the night. With the Philippian jailer. That very hour of the night. Uh, Raymond, as we were talking this morning, this hour is the acceptable hour going to talk about this morning redeeming the time. Time is short. We baptize them in the name or by the authority of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. I want to emphasize there's three these uh, there. There's the Father, the Son and the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. So, is it okay to stop observing or paying attention or having respect for the teachings of God because you have been baptized? Not according to verse 20, right? You continue to teach, you continue to observe what's being commanded, and when you do that, there's a promise. And what's the promise? Lo, I'm with you always, even till the end of the age or the end of the whole world. How serious is God about you obeying His Word? I'm going to talk about that this evening, Lord's will. And it's funny, I didn't plan on that to happen. It's funny how many times Sermons correlate. And I I didn't do that. I want you to know that. Uh, When we preach God's Word, connections happen and things make sense. I, I didn't anticipate this Bible study to flow perfectly with both lesson topics for this morning and this evening. But it has. And that's because the Bible speaks for the Bible. Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7 and verse, uh, let's go ahead and start our reading in verse 24 of Luke chapter 7. We've touched on this before, but I thought it fit nicely in our Bible study and bringing it to a conclusion that Mark 16 16 says what Mark 16:16 16, 16 means that we need to have the outlook of an innocent child as we read. We need to have that trusting faith and try to keep the interferences out of what the Bible says. Luke chapter seven and verse 24, "Allow me to read to you, please. And when the messengers of John were departed, he began to speak unto the people concerning John. What went ye out into the wilderness for to see? A reed shaken with the wind? But what went you out for to see? A man clothed in soft raiment? Behold, they which are gorgeously clothed or appareled and live delicately are in king's courts. But what went ye out for to see a prophet? Yea, I say unto you, and much more than a prophet. This is he... Of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. That's exactly what John the Baptist did. He was a forerunner of Christ. Why is he called John the Baptist? Why does he have that title? Baptist. What does it mean, really, if one of your friends said to you, I'm a member of the Baptist church, what does that actually mean if you actually took that at face value, the definition of Baptist? They were around Baptist. That's exactly right. I've asked many of my family and my friends, you, you profess to be a part of the baptizing church. And you do everything in your power to teach people that it's not essential. But we call ourselves baptizers. That's not a bad term. It's not. When it became denominational division, when it became a creed, then we've got problems. But John was one who baptizes. There is nothing wrong with that.
1: Yes. The term originated as a term that spoke against baptizing infants. Correct. It originally was anti-baptist or anti-baptist baptizing infants, and the argument was: this is five hundred years ago that a child, an infant, doesn't know what they're being baptized for, and an adult does know um, what they're being baptized for. Most of those, most of those early Anabaptists, if you want to use that term that was prevalent at the time, ended up moving, immigrating, if that's the word you want to use, to other areas because it was illegal to teach that. I mean, and so those folks were actually, their ancestors, were actually teaching something that was, in many ways, could get them killed in the process. Imagine, being, imagine teaching baptism and willing to risk your life You know, to do that. That's how strongly you felt about it. And, you know, I mean, words change, meanings change, but it's, you know, in many cases, that's come almost a complete circle back to, uh, away from that, I guess you would say.
0: And it was an emphasis on immersion in baptism, correct? And all, today, all of my quote unquote Baptist friends agree on that. That's something we agree on. If you be baptized, you will be buried and you will rise. No sprinkling. I appreciate that. That is correct. Sometimes you will hear individuals refer to John the Baptist as John the Baptizer or John the Immersion. And they're doing that to emphasize what he did. Okay? And that's fine too. Thank you, Daniels. Excellent, excellent point. I appreciate it. Always welcome your comments. You help me tremendously, and uh, I, I welcome your help. Thank you. Verse 28 For I say unto you, among those that are born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. But he that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Do you feel honored? How nice is it to be a part of the church? The kingdom of God is the church. So says Matthew 16, 18 and following. So says Colossians 1, 13. So says Revelation chapter 1. The kingdom, spiritually, is the church. And we have a king, and his name is King Jesus. He's our king. Okay? We're not trying to conquer. I don't have, might be nice, but I don't have plans to take over Clay County. Anytime soon with the sword or with the gun, okay? Uh, and, and make them all bow down to South Law. You know we're not planning on doing that. And I think they would rather die first. But anyway, <laughs> that's a joke. That's <laughs> <baby>. <laughs> no, no, it probably kill me. Uh, go Tigers, I guess, Clay County. But spirit—it's a spiritual kingdom. Jesus plainly said, "Those that." Participate by the sword. You know what happens to him. Die by the sword. He put it away. He restored Malchus' ear. That's, That's not his focus. I'm not here trying to conquer lands and peoples. I'm here trying to conquer sin and win souls to the kingdom with the gospel. Okay? That's the charge of our king. We just read it. You go. I have authority. Listen to me. It's God speaking. You go. You teach. You baptize. And I'll add them to the kingdom. More loyal servants of the Master. And provides those exceeding precious promises when we obey those commands. Verse 29. This is where I want you to focus in. 29 and 30. Is the New Testament in effect at this time? No. 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 Why? How do we know that? That's right. What's in effect? What we're reading right here. What's in effect still? Mosaic law. Old law still in effect, right? So folks here, they can't be baptized into Christ at this time. Christ hasn't died yet. Okay? So we're not really talking about quote-unquote New Testament baptism here, but God had given His Word. And He had taught them what to do for this time. And the messenger, great prophet, John the Baptist, making the way straight. I, I
2: want to pause just a second there. It says, about John. John the Baptist says there is none greater, none, in the history of the world, Jesus said. I mean, you're, you're talking about, we're not talking about Moses, we're not talking about, you know, anybody in the Old Testament. None greater than John. But what did John the Baptist always do? Point to Point Jesus. To. And that's, that, that has to be a lesson up for us. Brent. We have to get that. What did Shelton Lloyd Hopkins have to do? Point to Jesus. Brent Baker. Point to it. We all have to point to it. Every one of us, every minute of every day, we have to point it. But the way we live, the way we act, the way we talk to people, point to Jesus. If we're not doing that, then we're, we're going down the wrong.
0: Who does the church belong to? Jesus. It always burdens me when I go down, say Highway 27 in Somerset, and I see some church buildings. And I see churches named after men. That always burdens me. Or when folks say... I've had folks say, your church. Now they, they mean well. They're not trying to be this no. But they've not been taught. Or out at... Oh, you go out to Brent's church. You go out to Jerry Brown's. I've told that a lot. Because everyone knows Jerry Brown in London just about. He's prevalent preached a thousand funerals or more. and He's at the hospital all the time. You go out to Jerry Brown's church. Well, I always feel the need to say, no, Jerry Brown preaches at the Church of Christ. And a lot of times folks think I'm being smart with him. And they'll say, well, you know what I mean. Yes, I do know what you mean. But it's that important. I did not die and shed my blood to establish the kingdom but Jesus did. And I didn't give my Son to make it possible to die for individuals that were disobedient. But God did. The restoration plea was to call Bible things by Bible names. That's respect. It's Christ's church. And all the people that heard Him and the publicans justified God being baptized with the baptism of John. But notice verse 30, "...but the Pharisees and lawyers rejected the counsel of God." And how did they do that? "...against themselves not being baptized of Him." What did verse 30 just say? What's it mean to counsel someone? If I came to you and I said you know, Pat, I need your counsel, please. What am I asking you for? Uh, Sometimes if you go to a lawyer, they'll say we don't charge any fee for our counsel. We don't charge unless we win, right? You're, You're going to listen to get advice, to talk with them, to learn from them, to say what can you do for me to help me. That's counsel. Sometimes lawyers are called Counsel, you'll hear that. Counsel for such and such. Speaking for you, advising you on what to say, what not to say. Here God has extended His counsel, His mercy, His grace, His kindness. And it says the Pharisees and lawyers, these were folks that should have known better. These were religious leaders of the day rejected the counsel of God, they did it to themselves not being baptized. We're not talking about baptism into Christ here. How serious is God about it? What are you doing today when you say, no Lord, I don't believe what Mark 16.16 says. I have a better way. Are you doing the same, but maybe on a more grand scale? I would venture to say if we want to be safe we can, we can safely say if necessary inference, you're doing the same you're at least rejecting the counsel of God I would argue it's a more grand scale because now you're being baptized into Christ to have your sins forgiven period in the past they're not rolled forward or unto repent. you are having them washed away by the blood of Jesus who died to make it possible and
2: tax collectors are, are the most hated group of people, around. Okay? But they justified God because they heard John and were baptized. Pharisees and lawyers the people that should have been, as as the Pharisees described, they should have been completely in God's camp. They did not justify God and, and, as a matter of fact, rejected God. The religious leaders of the time, and this is what he said about John and the baptizer a while ago, that came from Malachi, you know. Malachi 3, 1. Uh, they completely reject it. They know the old law. They know the book of Malachi. They know those writings. And they're completely rejected. And I think today we have preachers that know what the Bible says and will not preach it because of the, they want people that's got put money in the plate, you know, power, prestige, acclaim, wealth. You know, you, you can come up with a thousand different. The people in Jesus' time that should have accepted Him turned Him down flat. They turned down John the Baptist flat, and the people out in the wilderness and the people that were hopeless who once accepted, and that's pretty much the same thing.
1: Uh, Mr. Children, I should have might just said. I'm not sure the reason a lot of times no. the the people that should have been on Jesus' side didn't accept Him because. They have to give up their position of power, their authority. Look at me and everything like that, because it's all in Jesus
0: now. You know that it's kind of like a lot of people today. They call them reverend, doctor, and they want all that fame and prestige. They ain't willing to give it up and give it to God. It's all about look at me, what well, I can do for you, and, and that's sad that they turned into that. It's kind of like the. I was telling Jamie, I, I guess uh, probably that. And on I Sunday more. I said, "Most TV preachers," and just kind of laugh because it's—they're always wanting money. It's let me help me help you, and it's all about money, 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 and, and it's nothing about God. It's that. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Shelby. Do not reject the counsel of God. The lesson of this morning: if God commands it of us, let's put our faith in it and let's strive to do. it. Thank you for participation in this series of lessons. We will bring this one to a close uh, this morning. And Lord's will, next time I'm with you in Bible study, we'll have us a brand new topic. Uh, Any question or comment before we dismiss? Thank you kindly. Look forward to being with you in the worship service.